All right, everybody, thanks so much for stopping by another live episode of Real Estate Titans. I'm your host, Greg Fowler, traveling throughout the marketplace, interviewing the top real estate professionals in our field, essentially gathering insight, inspiration, what really drives and motivates these top producers above and beyond everybody else and what I'd like to consider a real estate titan. Now, our very special guest and featured titan for today, all the way from beautiful Canada, I'm so, so honored and excited, Sarah Kalki. Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time. It's an absolute honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. For sure. And actually, when we're doing this, let me, uh, on the fly here, let me switch the angles here. Okay. But um, yeah, Sarah, it's just, I cannot wait to share your story with the audience and the Titan Nation out there. There's just so many tools and takeaways and just thought processes from a true pro such as yourself. So if you're ready, let's just jump into the questions and knock it out. Right on. Let's do this. Okay. So let's just start with the first one, telling everybody a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I'm Sarah. I was born and raised in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, which is basically Montana straight north and then north some more. We still have a foot of snow on the ground. Um, and it, it, yeah, it's cold <laughs> for like six months of the year. Um, but as you can see behind me, my whole life has uh, been really based around this one idea that when I was a little kid, uh, even though I grew up in the city, I wanted nothing more than to be a cowgirl when I grew up. Okay. And I, I love the fact that you'd mentioned, you know, just really talking about growing up and, and your surroundings and, you know, the fact that there's still snow out there, it, it, it makes me feel chilly. I mean, right now in Colorado, it's 69 degrees, 70 degrees, uh, you know, but we just had snow a few days ago, but it melts so fast. So it's, uh, it's definitely a different uh, conversation to have somebody who might be in California or, you know, Texas, Arizona, something a little bit warmer climates. They don't understand. But uh, Sarah, with that, with that being said, what's your pathway to where you are today in your, your life and career through real estate? Why real estate in the first place? Kind of what, what brought you to where you are to today? Well, um, it's a long tale, but begins and ends with the horse. Okay. So I grew up in Edmonton, in the, right in the city. Hmm. Uh, my dad was a high school teacher and my, and who grew up on a farm. So okay. my whole life was based on all of these like legendary stories. My dad's name, Hank, and all the people who've heard me speak and, you know, they know, everybody knows Hank. Hank's famous. Oh, and awesome. um, Hank always told these romantic stories about growing up on the farm and he had uh, this horse named Rocket that was this horse that they got up the track and he would walk home from his one room school and hop the fence and Rocket would always meet him all the way at the far end of the pasture and he'd just take his belt off and put it around Rocket's neck and get on his back bareback and race as fast as he possibly could home. Whoa. So, even though I grew up in the city, I have always had this like love of the wild west and of horses and of just everything that it means to be a cowgirl, mm. which is, you know, as badass as it possibly gets, you're brave <laughs> and you're bold and you're adventurous. And uh, so I either want to be a cowgirl or a pilot. Okay. So it's made for adventure, I think is always, you know, how things go. And mm. um wove my way through life. I ended up as a competitive wall climber for um, a good decade. So I've actually wow. been to Colorado Springs uh, to an international climate competition. Love that. And I was on Team Canada and would, you know, we'd travel all around and do stuff, which is really fun. And mm. then um, I was going to be a chemist in university and a chem prof talked me out of it. He was like, don't do that. It's the worst. Like you hate it. Do mm. something you're passionate about. 
Okay, good advice. While I, we never had the money to ride horses or do anything horse related, um, I was always in classical music when I was a kid. So uh, the love for that developed into what I ended up getting a degree in in university, which was flute hmm. performance. So um, yes, I'm a, I'm a person of many random loves. So yeah, this I is great. I a degree uh, in flute performance and I got to travel uh, through Asia and uh, Europe and wow. be this musician and I loved it, it was amazing. Hmm. Um, but just like chemistry, it's something that I love doing, mm -hmm. but I didn't love the career of it. It was a really, 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 really difficult job. It was the most amazing thing to do. But once I wrapped up my degree, I was just, I came back home to Edmonton. I studied in Vancouver. Hmm. Uh, I came back to Edmonton just to work for a year. And the plan was I was supposed to go to Europe and become a professional musician. Okay. And I even won the scholarship in university for the person most likely to become a professional musician. Wow. And uh, little did they know that I would head home to Alberta. Uh, I worked just for this family friend in the summers of university who happened to be a real estate agent. Okay. And I started at his office answering the phone, like, good morning, Remax Real Estate. This is like my job. Uh, I entered it, this is a while ago, it was in like 2005. So there was still some agents who had like pagers. So I'd like page them messages. Love it. i super old. Um, and then my dad happened to have a conversation with my uncle. Mm -hmm. And my uncle Paul is this like, he's a legend. He's one mm -hmm. of the most like, original cowboy cowboys that you've ever met like he's always wearing his hat and his clothes are always like perfect his pants are like starched and pressed in the middle um and he has he's like has the most beautiful western singing voice he plays like the auto harp and his he just bought this farm where wow. he could have horses again kind of long story of his life and my dad and him were having this conversation little i didn't know and my dad said to my uncle paul the one biggest regret I've always had in my life is that I was never able to buy a horse for Sarah. Wow. And my uncle was like, wait, what? Sarah likes horses? I didn't know this. And you know, he, cause he had a daughter, but he was super into the Western world and she rode and she was an amazing English rider. And um, so he was like, wait, what? There's somebody else in the family who might be interested in what I am. So he went out three days later, bought a horse for me. Wow. And uh, it's like an auction sale. And this horse was like a foul rank, nasty creature this like red done there and i still like i see red horses and i like get a twitch in my eye <laughs> like wait a minute she's like pulled back which means like second you tied her up she'd like try and get away and she was always she'd like run off and she'd buck and you'd like turn the corner and you'd be out in the fields riding because we didn't have nowhere else to ride so you just ride way out in the field and you mm. turn the corner for home and she would be on just a flat out runaway as fast as she possibly could wow and um but I loved it so much that I rode six or seven days a week hmm. and little did my classical music world know it would quickly become such a love of my life that hmm. I completely quit classical music, like oh, literally wow. cold turkey. Um, and then I met my husband, which is no small detail in the book. Okay. I met him For here sure. in and the dream of being a classical music uh, musician was totally over. Hmm. Uh, no more going to Europe. I stayed in Alberta. And, you know, like as, as life goes, I kind of thought, okay, I really want to be a cowgirl. Like, I'm just going to live this dream, mm -hmm. have this horse. Um, and my uncle took me to this really cool show. 
and it was like in this huge arena. It's a big deal. It's called the Supreme. Okay. Which is like the best name. Like anything awesome <laughs> would be called the Supreme. Right? Agreed. Agreed. So we go to the Supreme and we go in and we start watching and it's these sports I didn't even know existed. Like the only thing I knew about as far as like horses in that world was like, you know, kind of rodeo stuff like barrel yeah. racers or ropers or whatever. And we go in and it's like these two sports. And I remember sitting there and thinking, one day I'm going to do that. Wow. And so the two sports were cutting and cow horse, which are these like out of the Spanish tradition from California. And mm. um, there are these absolutely magical beautiful sports that we do and you can see in the pictures behind me that those horses are wearing all of the spanish bits and stuff like that's what that's what this is if you see it on the side it's all very really cool stuff and like hand braided rawhide and it's just i can't be any more romantic about something i love it so so much oh that's and, huge and um so i dedicated basically my whole life i thought okay well what can i do so i can afford to do like cow horse and cutting and they're not cheap right i thought you know maybe i'll be a lawyer so i write the lsat i'm right about to be like go into law school mm -hmm. and my sister talks me out of it she's like sarah um can we have a real conversation like you hate sitting <laughs> still for one and you hate being a lawyer because you have to pay your dues it's so hard to do it's like yeah. one of the worst things ever like you don't even make any money for 20 years and you're a slave and won't be able to have a life and all this stuff. And so she thoroughly talked me out of it. Yet this whole time I was working in a real estate office. Right. And I was working for this friend of my dad's, like super old school. Hmm. Like, you know, the really, I'm sure you've had them, like definitely had them on the podcast, like the really sure. old school guys and they're oh, all yeah. about closing lines and like, um, you know, don't leave the appointment, like physically don't leave until you have the listing. That was like the game, right? Sure which is totally weird for me. And I'm just like this music nerd <laughs> lover, whatever that, you know, I just wanted to kind of, you know, make my money and get out to ride horses. Sure. And the thing with real estate and politics, if you've ever been in, you know, real estate offices, mm -hmm. you know, especially the old school ones, there's all these rivalries. Right. So the guy that I worked for had all of these rivals because he was really successful, mm. but really kind of old school and had like, not everybody was really psyched about um, him winning. And it's just like that with anyone. It's not that he wasn't okay. a great guy or anything. It's just that's how it is, right? Sure. And they all wanted to take him down. So they'd all stop at my office door. And this time I was a full-time assistant to him. Mm. And they'd all be like, you know, you could do this. And then the next day they'd be like, you you make a great real estate agent. And I was like, born and raised like hustler. My dad grew up in a dairy farm. So like wow. work ethic, work ethic, like we didn't get a hundred percent in school. It was a fail. It's like, we're, we're those kids who are like, where's the other 2%? Oh yes. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> like high achievement all the way. So, um, I ended up like long story short, becoming a real estate agent hmm. very much by accident. Okay. And the only reason was I was like, well, it seems like a reasonable way to pay for horses. I right. was not somebody who was like, oh, I just want to be a salesman. I want to like, sell stuff to people. I want to like high pressure them or anything. I was like, like even to this day, <laughs> I usually open my talks with asking the audience, like when someone asks you what you do for a living, do you ever say like, I am in real estate? You don't say like, you're not like straight up. Like I am a real estate agent. Like I'm a real right. estate sales. I'm like, I'm 
in real estate because like maybe I do something that's slightly cooler than actually real estate agent. Maybe I'm like a developer, like a property manager, like investment guru, but it's like, no, I'm a real estate agent. Oh, that's awesome. So that's really where it came from. And like literally the beginning, middle and end of my story is all hmm. everything, all the tweaks I've made, everything that I do is to find this like sweet spot between doing a career, which it turns out that I really, really love. Right. And fueling my passion for courses. Hmm. And I think the biggest lesson along the way, and we'll talk about this as we go along, is yeah. that it's easy to be out of balance. It's easy to just focus on one thing, you know, having fun or the other working and achieving, especially if you're someone like me that was born to believe that like you're really only worth something if you're like the number one at it. Sure. It became to the point where, yes, I, I was a real estate agent and I was doing real estate, but I wasn't riding my horses at all. So at that point, I only had one horse. Okay. And I, I just wasn't riding. And I was like doing really well. I was on these like, you know, young achiever panels and rookie of the year and all this stuff. Cause I have like the German farmer work ethic <laughs> from Hank. Yes. Thanks Hank. Hank is awesome by the way. So I'm like working so hard and Remax invites us down to Phoenix to this like top producer. They call it, um, what do they call it? The elite retreat. Okay. I love the names of this stuff. It's mm -hmm. elite retreat. Like you're well just named. like, you've made it, right? Well yeah. Named. Like, yeah, for sure. Supreme, elite, there's all kinds of, <laughs> this is great. Titans, the same. It's like all oh, the same stuff, right? It's there. I love it. I'm like, okay, you know, and you show up and you're in the room and you kind of feel like, I've made it. Like I am with the best of the best, right? Mm -hmm. So we're all there and we're like super excited. Like, yeah, best of the best. And we sit down. And the first day is a whole day, like morning to evening session, hmm. just like a small group of people and Darren Hardy. Okay. And Darren Hardy, if you don't know him, like yeah. most people probably do, Darren Daly, whatever. <laughs> yep. Um, he comes across, I think, in most of the stuff that he does is this like really nice guy. Okay. Like, you know, just kind of vanilla, like, you know, be your best every day, like, you know, compound effect, like 1% better every day. So, you know, I read his book. I was like prepared, right? Super nerd. Mm -hmm. And we sit down and he rips us apart. Whoa. Like not even like, Hey, you know, it's so great to be here. It's such a privileged group of people. You're so successful. Like kind of patting us on the butt a little bit. Like it was yeah. literally like, this is a room full of idiots. You're all <laughs> underperformers. You're all morons. I can't even believe oh. I have to waste my time with you. Like it was, I think everybody in the room wanted to leave. Oh, wow. In the first hour. And his exercise, like he has these workbooks. It's like, it's like the Darren, I have always have my, my notebooks. So it's like the Darren Hardy workbook. So you have this workbook. Love it. And he's having you like fill out, literally fill in the blanks of stuff he says, because it, it seems like he thinks you're like too dumb to actually like even read the whole <laughs> sentence, which he wow. actually, like it's true. Wow. And the whole thing was about how addicted we are to our phones mm -hmm. and how none of us are doing a good job at life at all. And all these like dreams we so-called had are just passing us by while we pursue wealth and success and all this other stuff. Right. Right. And you know, like what a more perfect time to be having these revelations than like today, April 7th in the middle mm. of COVID crisis. Like right. it was kind of what I think we're all feeling right now. It was that moment of like, you know, what will it benefit you? Mm -hmm. If all you focus on is just making money, but you've 
lost all the things you got into it for. Oh, wow. Well and said. Right? Like it, it's yeah. a hard thing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for everybody right now. We're all in our little house bubbles. Mm-hmm. And you see how all the different bubbles are colliding with the, <laughs> the bubbles around them, right? We're like, do this, act this, do this, whatever. And Darren Hardy's message wasn't pour it on. That's a famous Hank is and he always said pour it on. It wasn't that. It wasn't work harder. Hmm. And it it wasn't all these things that are like catch words right now, you know, have more discipline, have more whatever. Right. It was like, give your head a shake. Hmm. Like you are capable of so much more. If you just get like a rain on like some pretty simple things in your world, most of which was like your home, mm-hmm. which was the funniest thing. You know, you think this like top performing guy, you would think Darren Hardy would be like, go exercise and eat all this stuff and whatever. He was like, master the rectangle. I call it the rectangle, <laughs> but like really oh. figure out how to focus. And when you learn how to focus on anything that you're doing, you do one mm-hmm. thing right at a time. Right. And you will start to see that compound effect and that exponential result. And even today, I was just talking with some coaching clients this morning about this mm-hmm. very thing. Like, especially those of us who are parents, thankfully, like I have my husband at home who's sure. able to do some of the juggling with me, but like, you can't be a great parent and a homeschool teacher and a chef and a cook and a like professional desanitizer of things. <laughs> right. Sanitizer. I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like there's just, yeah. there's so many things. And what Darren would have said would be pick one thing, do it well, check it off. Pick the mm-hmm. next thing, do it well, check it off. And that really, that mindset, that like skill set, mm-hmm. I'm by no means a master of it. Like not even like barely uh, peeling the first layer of the onion, I feel. But right. that's really what made the transition from, you know, barely cracking half a million in commissions every mm-hmm. year. Um, to doing way more than that, right? Selling, you know, last four years, hundred houses a year, no problem. But being awesome. off every other weekend, no buyer's agent, didn't buy any leads, uh, mm. have a small but mighty team of admin staff. Wow! And that's been our whole play: is like be really good at the things that you do, mm-hmm. and that will allow you to live the rest of your life because what does it matter if you made a whole bunch of money? Right. You know, it doesn't, it really, yes, it matters kind of cause it's like you need money. Sure. But it's all has to come back to not just your fun hobbies, but like, mm-hmm. who are you? Yep. And knowing that those are the, the parts of the journey that I really learned throughout this. I mean, I was just trying to buy a horse and be a cowgirl and go show cow horses really. But I ended right. up, with all these life lessons and the ability to help agents find their own stuff in their lives that they actually really tried to get into real estate for, but never quite made it. So sure. that's the, that's the cool, that's like my whole life story. I, I thought it was incredible. All the way I'm just like waiting to hear more. We're going to dive a little bit deeper in there, Sarah, but I mean, you had so many uh, amazing and applicable takeaways right off the bat. Um, so hopefully everybody's really excited about this. We haven't even gotten into the deep stuff yet. So we're going to get there real soon, but um, I think that gave everybody a really nice window into who you are and, and really the progression of your career in your life and, and some of that backing behind it. But this goes a little bit deeper and you might've already mentioned a few keys in there, but the next question is 
the why question. So Sarah, really what motivates you, what drives you, gets you excited every day out of bed to do what you do to the level that you do it at? What's your why? Um, well, I think, you know, I never look at things that I do and I'm like, I do it at this high level and I'm so awesome and I crush it. And, you know, I kind of think I, I do well. the best of what I can. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think uh, God for sure is my number one. Um, you know, and I, that's gone through a lot of permutations over my life. You know, I've gone through the very intellectual kind of side and now just landing in this kind of soft place of faith is what starts my day and ends my day. And all the little, you know, pockets in between are all filled with, um, you know, prayer, meditation, connection, um, you know, everything that like people all the time give me this credit, like, oh, you sell all these houses and you, you know, have this great business and, I always say, you know, I can't explain how it all works. I, I know what, you know, my prayers are at the beginning and end of every day, which is I, you know, pray for abundance. I pray for abundance for all those people who've blessed our family, that they'd be blessed even more. Um, but the coolest thing about the fact that things have worked out how they have is that people come to me, like sellers come to me. I don't have like, you know, I'm not like, the only agent, but it's like the right people just show up and then the next right person shows up and people say, well, how do you do it? Like you don't have a buyer's agent. So how is it that you work? You know, I probably work about 60% listings and 40% buyers. And I, okay. I work with the buyers. Like, how do you do that being gone every other weekend, especially in the spring and summer? Mm -hmm. I'm like, literally, I can't explain it. <laughs> I will leave on Friday and my phone won't really ring until Sunday afternoon. Okay. Maybe Sunday night. And it, like, if it does, you know, maybe I get some text messages, like obviously I'm a real estate agent. So, you know, I'll have some things kind of come and go, but sure, um, sure. it's like the phone won't ring until the end of the day. Hmm. Once I've already like shown my horses and I've had my family time. And it's kind of like everybody in our world. Um, I've, I've fallen in this trap many times where you think, oh, I have to work 12, 14 hour days, seven days a week. Right. But as soon as you start respecting the fact that, you know, you're supposed to take a day off every week, mm -hmm. like you're supposed to. Yep. And when you take that time and you spend it with your family and you do the things you're supposed to, it doesn't take away from your business. It right. makes it better. Well, so said, my number one is always God. Mm -hmm. um, I always have like three things in my, in my life that, you know, if it's not a yes to these things, it's a, it's a no. Yeah. Um, and that's always, you know, family. Mm-hmm so so important um to me you know i used to say fitness okay. and i'm not like i don't really like fitness okay I just, you know you kind of go through these things where you're like i should like fitness so it's not really <laughs> fitness anymore for me it's just it's like horses or passion like just doing stuff that i love right and um, are so so important and then faith of course so you can mm -hmm. say fitness but to me it's more just like are my horses fit <laughs> it's right. not my fit and, 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 but that's, that's a part of exercise and just good well being. It's not, you have to be a fitness nut or in the gym all the time. There's all different things to be healthy. And it's kind of, um, everything you're saying, healthy mind, body, and spirit, right? Yeah. I mean, that's really what you're looking at at the end of the day. And I think that you're putting God and family and your clients abundance above and beyond everything else. And that's why one of the many reasons why I feel that you're so successful is because it, it's selfless. It is for others. And you're making impacts in the communities that you serve because of this mentality and attitude. And anybody who knows and loves and respects you, they feel this. Um, and I, I think that it's important because not every real estate professional is equal. 
and, and none of us are, we're all different, but there's different layers and levels. Um, and it's not putting anybody down or putting anybody more above, but it just, it is what it is. And, and I really, the consumers need to understand that there are different processes and different ways to get things done. And the fact that you have boundaries on your life, I think is phenomenal. It's really difficult for a lot of top producers to have that mentality. It's a constant struggle because it isn't about us. It's about them. So we leave ourselves open and vulnerable to seven days a week and 365 and all these different things. And you're not doing anybody any favors. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting your family. You're actually hurting your clients by doing that because you're not the best version of yourself. So everything that you had mentioned is a perfect example or a blueprint, if you will, to really try to go for that balance. And like you said, I mean, Sarah, you're, you're learning every day, just like anybody else. And no one has it dialed in hundred percent. It's unrealistic, but you have to put the effort. You have to, you have to try and, and using your words, focusing on what really matters and prioritizing. So I, I think that your messaging is beautiful all the way through and through. And I know that a lot of people are like, yes, this is what we need to hear. This is exactly what's going on. Um, you know, everybody needs a reminder and it doesn't matter who you are or how long you've been in the business or if you're brand new to it, or if you're not in real estate at all and you're just an entrepreneur. Um, I mean, that, that's why I love these conversations and dialogue. And it, it speaks a lot about you, Sarah, the things that you've just mentioned. Um, I want to shift on to the next question though, and this will tie into something you'd mentioned your students. And I want to bring up coaching here in a second um, because you're so knowledgeable and you're just full of great, great information to go through. But if you could look back at your career thus far, and pick or choose one or two things that you added to your business that you saw it go from one level to the next. What really kind of pushed you to another spot? What's that look like for you? Uh, I always talk about real estate agents as three distinct levels that okay. you can be. So, and bear with me because the, you know everything in my world goes back to like farm analogies. So there's I love kind of it. So the first one is when you're just a newborn baby chick and hmm. um, you know, you, you're like really cute and you're really fluffy and you're really, really naive and you're super vulnerable, right? Oh, like these, wow. these like just cute little baby chicks, yep. a lot of baby chicks, you know, you, you, you feed them leads or you feed them, you know, grain, whatever. Mm -hmm. They're totally reliant on the outside world and they eventually will grow into a chicken. Uh -huh. And if you spend time around chickens, they're nasty creatures. Like they're, they're just, they're always moving and they're like really frantic and they're kind of gross. And they're like have those nasty chicken feet and they're like crawling yeah. and scratching. And like, while their bodies get bigger, hmm. their head never does. Have you ever noticed that about chickens? Like that is, I never thought of it like, that way. I never thought of it that way, Sarah. The only thing they're good to do is to eat. Like they're hmm. great, but most agents struggle because their head never gets bigger. They just, they stay and they're reliant on somebody feeding them either, you know, bought leads or, um, you know, they're just, they're constantly looking and scratching around. Like maybe they get their own worm from now, you know, from time to time. But for the most part, they're just kind of like looking with their mouths open. Like, Hey, mm. can somebody else figure this out for me? Right. So to transition to the next phase, I call it the crow. Mm. And the crow is kind of like, the crow's kind of a badass bird. Like they're, yeah. they're fairly self-sufficient. Um, you know, they can get a lot done. They can live off of garbage, mm -hmm. which is quite a skill, really. If you think about it. Like, <laughs> versatile. Very versatile. Yeah, like they're, <laughs> they're very resourceful. You know, there's some good stuff about being a crow, but to get from a chicken to a crow, you basically need knowledge and experience. Hmm. So knowledge and experience, is, that's inevitably going to happen so long as you are growing your head um, and you're also doing the work. You know, you put in the work long enough, you stop being like a, a newborn chicken and you start being, you know, a little bit self-sufficient, you're able to do stuff, but 
The flip side is that mm. crows are super annoying. Okay. Painfully annoying. I mean, they're the, like they're the symbol of death, right? Like uh, there's, yeah. there's a reason why people are kind of afraid of them, right? And sure. Most real estate agents, people see you coming and they cross the street, like pre-COVID, yeah. right? They're like, <laughs> like they're I just, you know what I mean? I don't mean to make a joke out of it. No, no, you're good. You're good. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like a lot of agents are, you know, they're loud, they're bold, they're, but it's a little bit of abrasiveness mm-hmm. that kind of goes on. And they're, what's a crow's like Achilles heel? They are very prone to falling for shiny objects. Uh-huh. Right? That's like most agents, right? Okay. Like they, they yeah. really become, you're good at your job, but you're constantly struggling and you just feel like you're surviving on garbage. Hmm. And those are the classic agents who are, you know, you're selling houses, you're buying leads, you're trying all this stuff, but you're just frustrated. And you get together just in groups of crows and just like complain about stuff all the time. You know, you're all like up on the wire and you're all like making a racket and it's gross and it's like, what's going on? So then in order to progress to the, the mastery level, I notice say a mastery is like an eagle. Mm-hmm. And the biggest difference between a chicken and an eagle is just think about their movement. Think about yeah. focus. A chicken moving all the time, right? They're constantly just pecking and moving. And like, even when they sleep, I swear they're moving when they sleep, they're like twitching. Twitching. And like, they're like, just never stop, right? Yeah. But an eagle is always still. Hmm. You see an eagle, like if it's flying, it's still. If it's on earth, it's still. The only time it's not is when it's eating something. Mm -hmm. But even when it's eating something, it's like really fast. It's that focus. Wow. So in order to get from the crow level, to the ego level, that's where you truly have to become a master of focus. Hmm. You have to sharpen your weapons. Think of it like, if you ever looked like up close at like an eagle, like they're scary. Like their their beak is like terrifying and their claws are like huge. And Mm -hmm. yet they're just like, they just sit there like on a fence post and they're like, they're always still. And I think a lot of the big transition between being in the middle like a crow and being an eagle is mastering yourself and your own emotions Hmm. i've always said an agent's success in real estate is directly proportionate to their ability to control their emotions Hmm. so if you want to be an incredible negotiator would you rather be somebody who is at the poker table and you draw a bad hand and it's all over your face? Like a crow would be like, oh my God, crow, no, crow, crow, I'm so stop this. You know, this is a horrible situation. Or would you rather be cool, calm, and collect? Right. I'd way rather play against a crow than an eagle. Oh, for sure. Yeah, That'd win. be easy to read. That'd be easy to read. <laughs> Join the game. Join the game. Real estate, you have to start to realize it's not a game of selling houses. Hmm. You know, selling houses is your job, but your business is people. And in order to serve people in a mastery level, you have to come with that service mindset first. Yes. And you can't do it if you're what most of us are, you know, dancing around us being the hero. That's what we're taught. That's real estate Mm -hmm. typical marketing is like, look at me. I'm number one. I'm so amazing. I'm so great. I'm this. I am that. No one cares. Right it turns people off. It's like that loud, noisy crow that everybody avoids. Mm-hmm. Or if you're very good at what you do, they can just look at you and be like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I don't want to go up against that thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> and as you start to kind of develop 
it becomes like you have to put in, like if you ever watch an eagle take off, they, they put in a massive amount of effort mm. to get up to cruising altitude, but then they're just cruising along. And all of that massive effort is building systems. Mm -hmm. I like a crow doesn't have systems. A crow is flying right. by the seat of their pants. They don't know where their next meal is. Like no one really in real estate knows where the next meal is coming from, but right. they don't really know, right? Like it's such a, it's frantic all over the place where an yeah. eagle works extremely hard to develop things that are very focused and streamlined. They do, there's only one way to do things. Right. My world, there's only one possible progression. Real estate is not a complicated business. It's the same thing over and over and over again. It's like a restaurant. Sure. People come in, they order, they eat, they leave. Are right. you going to run like a in and out burger? Or are you going to run fine dining? Or are you going to have like a really good family style business where people line up at the door? That's yeah. what I want. Some sure, people sure. want the high end business. Some people want the in and out burger. There's nothing wrong with any of those models, mm -mm. but I would rather be the eagle soaring in the sky than the crow or the chicken just because the eagle has lots of downtime. Right. <laughs> the eagle gets to do fun stuff. Yeah. Well, the crowd is just always stressed out all the time and not very profitable because mm. uh, they're spending all their energy doing everything. And the chicken is just waiting for their next meal. Right. So really like the tips, and I know like, it, you know, you'll remember the birds, but the reason for the birds mm -hmm. is so you have something in your mind to kind of solidify and justify in your mind when you feel like you're a chicken you know, all you're doing is buying leads because there are agents out there who that's how they've got all their business. Correct. And especially right now, like that's fine, but who's filling out lead forms? Mm -hmm. You know, I hear all the, you know, the preachers from the rooftop saying, um, oh, now you need to call people and cold call and hit up neighbors and all of this stuff. And like, is that a crow activity? Is that Ooh. a chicken activity? What would be the eagle activity right now? Mm-hmm. And sometimes the eagle is being in alignment with your highest self. It's that moment where you ask, what would I want right now? It's the golden rule. Sure. sure. Um, the golden rule of business is always, always bring more value than you cost. Mm -hmm. And how do you bring value to someone's life? You don't right. take from them, you give first. Mm -hmm. So the evolution really went from my career being about me Mm -hmm. you know, really at the beginning it was, it was just me struggling. Sure. It wasn't like me being an egomaniac. It was like nope. me just trying to be good. And you know, I'm like mm -hmm. anybody, I'm not perfect. I've failed multiple times. I've done things that are right and wrong. And I've always tried my best. I think is the one thing that I would say. And Love it. The key is knowledge and experience and then developing that into mastery of systems and emotion. Hmm. And uh, that analogy is going to stick in my head forever. Uh, what you just broke down with, with, with the chick and the chicken and the crow and the eagle. I think that that's a beautiful progression or evolution. And you can equate that to anybody in any business process. I mean, we're starting out in somewhere and then we end up a certain place with enough time, effort and, and expertise that's along the way. Something that really stood out to me as you were speaking uh, as well, and hopefully it did to the audience, uh, whether you're watching or listening, looking at it from the standpoint of we're not the hero. It's not about us and it never should be about us. And at the end of the day, the consumer does not care about us in, in that aspect. It's what's in it for them. How are they going to have the spotlight? How are they going to be taken from point A to point B? And how are you going to help them with that? Now, the fact that if you have a track record and you've been around for a certain amount of time and you do have systems in place to get things done, at the end of the day, if, if they don't get to know, like, and trust you, 
and really address to them that you understand what they're going through. And here's how I'm going to help you with these processes. They don't care who you are. If you can't hit those first two things, you, it doesn't matter because that, that's the focus. But you're building rapport. Getting to know, like, and trust does matter. And that helps seal the deal, if you will, into a transaction or relationship. But you shouldn't look at it this way. I mean, I love the fact that we're not the heroes. It's they're the heroes. We need to guide them through their life and their process. And I just, I love that message that you said there, Sarah. And I think that, that anybody who's watching or listening, I think you should ask yourself, what stage am I at in my life? Am I the chick? Am I the chicken, right? Am I the crow or am I the eagle? And, you know, no matter what that phase is, we should always be looking to improve. Because even if you are the eagle, there's a 1% of the eagles, right? So just like any other aspect. And how do you do that? And how do you formulate that? Uh, we didn't dive super deep into specific details, but what I do want to mention into it is, Sarah, so you have coaching students. Um, so when it comes down to it, uh, key real estate coaching, would you mind sharing a little bit about that for the audience? Like, what's it about? How can they get a hold of you that way? Just a little detail before we keep moving on. Yeah, for sure. Um, I got into real estate coaching completely by accident. Um, okay. I love helping agents. I love helping people just in general. And um, I think if there's any one thing that I love more than anything, it's code cracking. Mm. It's figuring out like, what's that like, what's the nugget like in there? And it mm -hmm. turns out this is a really cool thing to be able to talk about and work with coaching clients on. So I started just kind of on off of a Facebook post. I posted a couple of years ago. I was in Hawaii. Someone, um, my coach at the, at the time was bugging me. He's like, you, you know, you should be a real estate coach. And I was like, no, I'm not a real estate coach. It's fine. Um, I thought about real estate coaches about how I thought about real estate agents. I thought they were like cheesy and hokey and like, you know, kind of full of like a bunch of hypothetical stuff they'd never actually done. Sure. Um, sure. You know, I've never been someone to really need a coach, right? Like I've never been like, can you call me and ask me if I brush my teeth in the morning? Like I, I just <laughs> will do the work, right? Right. But coaching, of course, is not at all about that. It's about having uh, somebody to expand your mind and help uh, you get from level to level, you know, become a great athlete just by reading books about the sport or by watching the sport, you have to do it. Sure. And you can't do it yourself and know because we're all blind to our own weaknesses. So me having my own coach really helped me realize, oh, well, you know, this is a service that people um, would definitely be interested in. So started off, uh, put a Facebook post out. I think I had 15 coaching clients that week. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, oh, I guess this is like a thing. I guess <laughs> I should probably do this thing. Wow. So um, oh, God. now I work with uh, coaching clients. So I help people like one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. And then I've always loved teaching as it turns out. So I made um, an online course program called the Sell More, Live More Academy. Love it. It's okay. kind of like a hybrid, like, live training because i'm like a, i think most real estate agents are like me hopefully they're like goldfish like they need something that's like live interactive in person so we do live training live q a uh, and then lots of like worksheets and modules and i i totally these are this is an example of one of my worksheets this is like my teaching table i love it it's kind of like Darren Hardy. He's like my hero after mm -hmm. that thing where he gave us the booklet. He's like filling the stuff. So mm -hmm. we do all of that stuff and we really walk people through um, how to sell more real estate, obviously, but coming from that place of like up leveling between all those levels and then also how to live more life. And mm -hmm. I am not a psychologist. It's, this is none of my coaching is about like lie back on the sofa. Let's talk about your deepest childhood <laughs> memories. Like, right. it's like, who are you? 
That's the most significant thing I think that's missing in the coaching space is everybody's being talked to as if they're the same person. Mm. Most real estate agents that I work with are very particular skill sets. Right. They're people who are very successful, either like super badass women, like they're just ridiculously amazing, mm-hmm. but they're struggling with that live more part where they're like, my whole life is being tunnel vision. Oh. And we just, it's kind of like, we don't take it away. We're not telling people you can't be a winner. You can't want to win like mm-hmm. so passionately, but let's just add some layers around it and set some boundaries and kind of work with who you are. Um, and that, that's kind of the funnest part of taking agents into these, you know, six different agent types and all this stuff that I love kind of processing and thinking and mm. building out their own unique program. Okay. I think a lot of it is like, follow my program and do it how I do it. And I'm going to talk about myself. It's not like that at all. It's like, who are you? Are you that. a giver? Are you someone who puts others ahead of yourself that has a hard time setting boundaries? Are you mm-hmm. a celebrity where you're constantly talking about yourself, but um, you know, you've tons of followers, but very little business, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of like, we all fall in these different categories. So then everything that we build upon is based on who you are as an agent rather than like, I think you should just try and be an eagle off of day one. It's like, right. it's your time. You know, uh, is winning to you that you get to help people every day or is winning to you that you get to like be number one in your office hmm. and not one isn't wrong. And I right. think that we forget that in real estate, especially in the time, like right now, so much of the messaging is coming from celebrities and winners. Uh-huh. And the celebrities are like, follow me. I've got, you know, like, look at my butt. Yeah. If you don't, I've heard that quote, like if you don't come out of this with a new skill, you know, you lack discipline or something. I'm like, what? Uh, what what to be like working on your butt. Like, yeah. like, see, like it blows my mind. Like literally yeah. I'm like, oh my God, but this is part of the world. Right. And it's not about winning for everybody. Hmm. You know, sure. It's, some people it's about giving some people it's about it's about connecting with people yeah. and it's not wrong if you're a winner you know if you had a hank for a dad and you just you really really like ticking off boxes like that's okay yeah. but we're humans first and i know like we're on a bunny trail but um yeah anyway there you go no 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 <laughs> Sarah, this is, this is really, really great. And, and it's giving everybody the idea of kind of what they'd be getting involved with and, and really understanding that background. And I'm a firm believer, there is not a one size fits all. So for, for anybody to say that, yeah, you do these steps and it doesn't matter who you are, you're going to have success. That's, that's pretty ridiculous. You might have a certain amount that have success, but it's not going to work for everybody. So the, the more tailored or bespoke approach is always my uh, thought process and the best of the best feel the same way. Um, anybody who's trying to squeeze a bunch of people in a one size fits all. They're just trying to make a bunch of money. Um, and, and unfortunately they're going to accomplish that, but are their clients going to get the results that are needed? Um, I don't know. So not judging anybody, but I like what your style is. So how can people get a hold of you with the coaching program? What's the website or what's the place to go to? And that way I can link it down below. Uh, they can go to my, just like my regular Facebook profile is always like the easiest. I just, I'm like, just send me a message. Okay. <laughs> That's only the easiest. My email's on there. Okay, cool. uh, I have a like, coaching page called key real estate coaching. Um, I'm really like, it's just how I run my real estate business. I'm like, there's no big contracts. We just like, we talk and Mm. I just want to help people who want to be there. And Mm. that's how everything in my world is. It's like when it 
feels right. This is how it is. So hmm. even with coaching, like I, you know, I have a sell more, live more coaching.com. They can go to the site, they can fill out the form if they want, but they can just message me too. Okay. And I, and I like that. And I'll have links in the comments down below, but going back to what you had mentioned earlier um, about attracting the right people, I'm a firm believer as well that light attracts light. And that's what you are representing out of the community, the marketplace, not just with the consumer, but obviously with your coaching students and everything that's going through. I want to shift gears though on this particular interview. And this is the tricky part for a lot of Titans when it comes down to it, because there's showing a little bit of vulnerability potentially, depending on what you're comfortable sharing. This is the challenge question, Sarah. So if you could look back at your career and your life thus far and really take a look at a challenge that you overcame, whether it was personal or professional, that you learned from, that you became stronger because of it, um, what's that look like for you? And, and I'll, I'll kind of predicate this a little bit differently too, is we all have challenges and struggles. No one's exempt, whether it's in the past, now, or into the future. Um, but again, I'm a firm believer. It's not so much what happens, what we learn and what we can share. So, uh, if you're comfortable sharing a personal or professional challenge, what's that look like for you, Sarah? Well, anybody who's been around me knows that I'm about as, as open a book as you can possibly get. So, awesome. um, you know, I, I'll share a lot on stage about, uh, things in life. And, you know, there's, there's a lot, I think, to be learned from real story. You know, mm -hmm. we can give anyone a checklist of, you know, especially right now, like you should feel like this, you should do this. But mm -hmm. um, the only way through hard times is through them. You know, mm -hmm. you, you can't just walk around them. Nope. Um, the, you know, probably the most like profound and most difficult part of my life was in uh, 2012, I was expecting my first daughter. Okay. And I was, you know, like anybody, super excited, mm -hmm. uh, very, very low risk. Everything was going great, like super healthy. You know, you're always that person who doesn't think it's going to happen to them. Like, you're just right. like, oh, you know, we call them the naive people. And right. we love the naive people because right. if only to be a naive person. Mm -hmm. And um, long story short, my daughter passed away. Uh, just like I was... Uh, nine months pregnant oh. and I just felt kind of off one day without showing houses um you know it was like as big as a house mm -hmm. and I just felt like something was off and I I went I just stopped and this is like classic Sarah like you know your dad's a farmer I was like oh no it's fine I'll just stop on the way home I was like talking to my husband from like my bluetooth like my realtor car bluetooth yeah. I was like oh it's fine I just feel something's kind of weird like I don't know what it is mm -hmm. um oh you know but I'll be home in like an hour okay and the next phone call I had to make was telling, you know, I was at the hospital and our daughter had passed away. Uh, boy. And yeah, you know, the weird thing is that you're still part of this world, right? Like mm -hmm. the night before we had like prayed for her like healthy delivery and we were just in a line, you know, we felt like, Oh, everything is so great. Like we're so excited, you know, like, business as usual was, mm -hmm. was how we thought. And then blindsided, wow. like absolute blindsided. And the first thing that came to my mind was, well, I guess like this happens in nature, like it happens in animals, like it's not like a thing. And I was asking for like, right away, I was like, I need an autopsy. I need closure. I need to know what happened. Right. Okay. Like I, that's how our world works. Mm 
Mm-hmm. We need to know why. Look at the crisis we're in right now. All right. We all want to know why. And everyone has a conspiracy theory or a this theory or this, or was it a bad or was it whatever? Sure. You know, who's trying to cover it up? Who's this? Who's that? Because that's in trauma. Mm-hmm. Your mind tries to find an explanation because mm. if you can find the explanation, then you have control. I see. So I went through years of questioning myself. Mm. You know, I wasn't in a crack addict. Like I wasn't doing anything that was like high risk. There was absolutely zero. But in my mind, I'm like, well, you know, did I roll over the wrong way when I was sleeping? Did I, was I too, was I working too hard? Was I stressed? Was I, um, you know, my husband and I had a probably like hormone induced fight the week before. Did that do it? Did, and because just like a, a, like a survivor of assault, a survivor of any trauma, you're yeah. trying to find something you can control in an uncontrollable situation. Wow. Hmm. So the hardest thing, obviously, you know, losing my daughter who I loved, I um, still had to go through. I gave birth to her like 12 hours later and um, people always want to know that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what you got to do. They're like, no, yeah. you don't get a C-section. There's no, like, there's no free pass, kid. Like, oh, wow. there we go. And you, there you are. I had two best friends at the time who both had kids within two weeks of me and they were both totally fine healthy babies and what i wasn't expecting was all of the emotions and the fallout that happened okay okay the emotions were of course like you go through everything and it's just like what everybody's going through right now i went Mm -hmm. through you know i was in you can't really be in denial but you just like every day you wake up in a nightmare Mm -hmm. and you're in this nightmare of like the thing you love more than yourself. You know, if you have kids, you love your kids more than yourself. Oh, agreed. Like I wish all the time, I was like, I just wish that I would be gone and she would be here. Or it's such excruciating pain. Like you don't even know how to process it. Mm -hmm. And then it was the fallout of friends. Because when something really hard happens, people Mm -hmm. are afraid. They're not just afraid of saying the wrong thing. They're afraid of that same fate happening to them. They're afraid of... The chronic illness they're afraid of the child dying they're afraid especially where you know it's like this gray zone like it, if she would have only lived for 20 minutes it would have been far less taboo like it, it's this i lost all of my girlfriends every single friend who i had at the time was either attracted to coming over to watch the show which uh-huh. is truly what some people are they just want to be part of it so that they can gossip about your reaction or your lack of reaction. I had people criticizing me for being not sad enough because I, you know, I'm such a private person. People would come over and I wouldn't be bawling at the table with them. I'd like make them tea. Right. Like my right. family came over the night I got home from the hospital and I made them all tea. Hmm. Like that's just, I was like, I don't know how I'm supposed to do this. Like, can you all leave so I can like leave this thing? Like, I don't know what, you know, it's just like how I am. Right. Right. You know, to serve people. I don't, I don't know. Sure. Like, you go home now and and remember like I was really giant Mm -hmm. I was not just like you know um like not going through any physical changes right like you're huge like after you just have a kid like you still look pregnant and the thing that helped at the time and why I'm acting so differently now than I think most coaches and realtors and stuff is is Mm -hmm. I went the avoidance route okay full-blown 
two weeks after, I they make these like um, these stretchy belts for women okay. who just had kids. It's very glamorous. It's really oh yeah, getting the inside scoop. So these stretchy belts, it's kind of like, imagine like this notebook, but like a big piece of kind of like stretchy, stretchy gauze and you put it around your waist and you velcro it and you like suck it in really, really tight. Cause like all, like, you know, you just had like this giant baby. So you're, you're in there and like, um, you know, this is too much information. You also have like pads over your breasts and you're, you know, cause you're like leaking and the whole thing is like a horrible nightmare. Yeah. Um, this is a physical example. I mean, it obviously was a horrible nightmare, but sure, um, sure. I went to work two weeks after hmm. because for the time that I could be doing my job as a real estate agent, I could forget. Okay. I, I would joke, we'd say, you know, I'm just part of the normal people. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see people right now diving into work. Right. They're working harder. They're like, pour it on. That's, you know, the Hank is in. Mm-hmm. Work harder. Go to the gym. Get a routine. And I think at that time, it was just how I processed. And right. I don't see anything wrong with this if that's how you have to process things right now. Mm-hmm. I just know I was trying to go around the grief. I was right. trying to go around and just even though it was just for you know a couple hours at a time and there's nothing wrong with that either i know mm-hmm. like the bright spot is some of my days in the last couple of weeks have just been having a conversation about real estate right oh my god i got to like think about you know talk about something where i'm like useful and i'm not just sitting at home like feeling totally like a bump on a log like whatever right <laughs> but the ultimate thing that i learned um was mindfulness for one and it wasn't like I was pretty choked at God at the time. Okay. Like I'll admit, like I was, I did not handle it like, oh, I'm, you know, like the sweetest martyr in the world. Like mm-hmm. you, know, you see people who have bad things happen and they're just like, I'm grateful for the lesson. I was pissed. Sure. Like I was like, why me? This sucks. It's not mm-hmm. like I felt like, you know, I deserved better completely, but I was right. like, I prayed. Like, have you ever seen that um, scene in Seabiscuit where, okay. um, Toby McGuire, he gets fouled on the racetrack and he's like so angry. He's like, but he fouled me. That's mm. how I felt. I was like, and you know, I met these people and they're all like, everything happens for a reason. I'm like, mm-hmm. F that man. Like nothing happens for, like your child doesn't die for, no, for a reason. It doesn't make uh, you a better person. Mm. Everybody out there right now and they're, you know, like my feet, I'm sure everybody's is. Sure. You know, people are dying. Right. And people are like, oh, this is, you know, we're all going to come out of this and like hug and learn all these lessons. I'm like, that's fine to say when you're one of the naive people. Mm-hmm. But when it's your partner, right? you're not like, oh, God did this to teach us a lesson about like how we should, I don't know, plant trees or like hug llamas or whatever. Like, I, I don't care about that. And nobody is going through a hard time of like, oh, this is just part of the greater plan. Like, thank God hundreds of thousands of people are like million plus now are infected. Like this is a great life. Like, thanks. It is as much a primal battle of good and evil of contrast. And you know, you don't have to think of it as like the white bearded God and like the red horn devil. Sure. Just the contrast that exists like life and death. And there's all these wild cards. Like the biggest thing that comes out of the whole difficulty and loss and grief is that bad things sometimes happen. They do. And yeah. it's not 
bad things happen so that we learn some lessons. So I could be a motivational speaker talking to audiences on stage. You know how quickly every motivational speaker, air quotes, would like just backtrack all the hard stuff that happened in their life just to get their kid back or their their limb back or their ability to walk back or like whatever all the motivational speakers talk about. Like, I'm not thinking of this as like, wow, this is a great blessing. Mm. What I know is that my grief counselor said it the best, and she she's one of the most amazing, bravest women I've ever met in my life, mm. and works day in, day out with people who've lost kids. Mm. And she said to me, she's like, well, number one, all of your friends leaving you is normal. They're afraid wow. of you. It's called a just world theory. They, they think if they are affiliated with you, if you are a good person, then bad things can happen to good people. But if they make you into a villain, if they separate themselves from you, they're separating themselves from the badness. Unreal. So, and everybody I know, you can talk to, like at least I did, all of my, anybody I talked to who had lost a child, who had gone through a terminal illness diagnosis, who'd gone through, you know, an abusive situation that they escaped. Frequently, the, the victim or the survivor receives the blame huh. to help the naive people feel like they have control. Wow. And at first that makes, it hurts a lot. So you're, you know, you're in pain and your judgment and you're lashing at it is horrible, but eventually you start to learn grace. Okay. And you learn they're doing that because they're scared. <laughs> you know, the people right now who are digging in and shedding from the rooftops and trying frantically to sell their stuff in the middle of this very, like it's a, a turning point for our humanity, like our generation. Right. It's just, it's a fear reaction and that's okay. Like it's, it's part of how people react. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing was really learning how to just be present in every moment. Okay. And as the grief counselor said, she said, you know, you won't learn them today. You won't learn them a year from today. It's going to take you a very long, long time, but eventually you will receive gifts from this. Hmm. It won't be immediately. Right. You're not like there and like, you know, you're told you're like, oh, you're supposed to be so grateful that your kid died and all your friends left. And, you know, everything you held as a normal faith person Mm -hmm. has disappeared. Like it has not worked. Like the prayers didn't work. Right. So your whole system, you know, I talk about God as being my, my why, my number one, but I was like, WTF God, like what? But the reality now, all of this time later is, I haven't ever figured out. We never knew there. It was a long story, but Mm -hmm. um, we ended up being kind of lied to at the hospital about autopsies and all of this stuff. Uh. Probably mostly because the caregiver was concerned that she had made a mistake that she would get sued for if we found out. And it was like this really kind of nasty side thing. And I just Uh. said, I was like, you know, anything wouldn't change what happened. Right. You don't get back your people. You Mm -hmm. can't, we can't as a world go back in time to December and close down all of our borders and shut and ground all airplanes. Nope. Now it's 2020. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's a hard part of our brains. You go back in your mind and you're like, if only. And you live in a world of would have, should have, could have, all that stuff. And it's none of that stuff matters. Right. What do I do today? How do I show up today? And those gifts now, the one thing that I heard in my heart, just as I found out was 
like a message. My daughter's name was Ruby, a message mm -hmm. from her. And that was be brave. Mm -hmm. And now that you've been through this, what worse thing could happen? Right. And so, you know, it's not really my greatest desire in the morning, like to be totally blunt. And I'm not that psyched about getting up on stages and talking to people and sharing my story a lot of the time. Sure. It's really hard. <laughs> like it's not just like, because I know it's all of these things all over again. Mm. I've had people who um, are so uncomfortable being around me. They don't want me in their space. They wow. don't, you know, I, I've been given gigs and they're like, you can come and talk and you can give our, you know, keynote but just don't mention that part. Wow. You know, I understand. Like, it, huh. you know, I'm not like, oh my God, I'm so offended. I get up there like a vigilante and go into it. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I get it. You know, it's a professional setting. Some people don't want to talk about deep heart stuff because they're at a work seminar. And you have to remember there's a balance. Mm -hmm. Everything in life isn't about meditation and God and all of that stuff. Some of it is about let's go ride our horses and get to be good at something. Right. Let's serve our clients. And like real estate isn't a job. I think we sometimes make it into it, but sometimes we, mm -hmm. we think, oh, it's a job where we're saving lives and we're changing people. I'm like, mm, you're kind of helping them move. You know, right. I, I joke that I'm a professional light switch operator. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You have to kind of just remember that in every moment, you're just there. Hmm. And you can make choices. You can choose to see the beauty in things uh -huh. eventually. Sure. You can choose how you act and you can choose judgment. You have all these little choices. And maybe the biggest gift that you get is, yes, a little bit of courage, but maybe you just know less sure. than most people. Fundamentally, you know less. You know that it might not work out. And right. maybe that makes you have more faith or it makes you work harder. It makes you... I don't know, less afraid or something, mm -hmm. but it's, it's a hard thing. And I think we're all going through a hard thing now. Agreed. And there's no thing in this that I'm going to say, this is going to be the greatest lesson of your life. And you're going to come out this like an amazing human and mm -hmm. you know, the world's best real estate agent and your clients are all going to love you because you dropped off groceries on their doorstep or you didn't, or you took 58 mm -hmm. online courses or you got abs or you didn't. It just is. Right. And everybody just has to go through every minute how they're going through it. I remember the most insulting thing was waking up the morning after I came home from the hospital with like literally an empty car seat and an empty crib and the sun came up. Huh. And I was like, F you, son. Like, really? How do you come up the next day? Like, today? Today? Really? On, right? Oh, my gosh. And the birds are, like, chirping. And, like, could you not just for one day, like, please just. But I think that's how our world is feeling, right? The sun just comes up. Yeah, it does. The, the, world, the world keeps spinning. Uh, people's lives keep moving forward. And, and, you know, Sarah, the fact that you had gone through that and, and mentioned that, first of all, I just want to thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart. It's not, uh, it's not easy to air things out like that, especially in front of a live audience and, um, you know, out there to the world. And I think that, um, you know, I'm, I'm so, so honored that you shared that story. Uh, it's very personal and intimate. Uh, I just want you to know that I know that there's so many people that are watching or listening to this that have been through that same thing. And, and I know that they're hearing this or, or seeing it 
and, and they're feeling a very certain kind of way about that. So uh, no matter the, the, the consequence of us saying this, that we don't wish that we go through these hardships or timeframes and, and good, uh, bad things happen to everybody. It's not bad things happen to good people or vice versa. And, and there is duality in everything. There's light and dark, there's good and bad. So, but what you'd mentioned out there is, is really just to, to really hopefully help settle someone's heart or mind who has gone through this um, or somebody who is potentially going to go through this. It's extremely common. Miscarriage is extremely common. Th things along those lines happen all the time. And, and the sad reality is there's so many people that don't talk about it. They're shamed. Um, it, it is taboo. And, and I don't think that's right. I mean, you got to be ready when you're ready and have the conversations if you feel comfortable, but the, the amount of people that you're able to touch with that story, it, it, it's very compelling. And I'm, I'm just glad that you, you had mentioned that. I, I really am. And, and I know that everybody out there is watching and listening is very happy. Um, the fact that you, you shared that story uh, because it makes an impact. It really does. And I know you're inspiring people all day, every day with that. So can't thank you enough, Sarah, truly. Honestly, it was really, really good. I do want to switch to... I guess a, a slightly different topic, and this is actually one of my favorite questions, going on a softer tone into that. So we got through the hard stuff, everybody, but th this is actually one of my favorite questions. And I love the fact that you had already kind of alluded into it. Um, you know, the, the woulda, shoulda, coulda, what if we could have gone back and done this? We can't do that. No one has a time machine. No one has a crystal ball. You can't go back in time and change things. But this question is not designed for you to necessarily say, what would you do if you could go back? It's more of a message to your younger self. If you could go back in some form or fashion and give a piece of advice, not, not to change anything, but to really just advise yourself or, or say something to your younger variation, whether it was a year ago or whether it was, you know, when you were little Sarah, what would you say to your younger self? It's like one of those podcast questions that I, I hear and I'm always like, what would I ever say? Like, what's the, what's the, what's the real answer? And, um, yeah. you know, I think the biggest thing would probably be what I've struggled with my whole life, probably more than anything, hmm. um, is just believing in myself and that my voice is worth being listened to. Okay. But at the same time, I think it's good not to know. You know, I don't think if I could go back and say anything, I don't know if I would. Okay. I don't, you know, I don't know if I'd be like, oh, everything's going to be great or be more brave or be more this or be more that. Like, I, mm. I don't think I would have anything to say. I don't think I, you know, have wisdom or anything that I would just be like, you know, pray more or, you know, be more this or that or mm. really anything. I think maybe one of the things would be, um, you know, savor every little moment. Okay. But I kind of do that anyway. You know, I always, always have. It's just, it's mm. like, I think if you're an artist in any form, like that's what music is about. Mm. That's what um, the art of like cow horse is about. You know, it's about this, like that moment of flow. Mm. That's, that's like playing in the middle of an orchestra and you have, you know, the solo and the whole, it's like, if you ever think about an orchestra, it's a magical thing. Oh yeah, for like sure. A hundred minds all together, like making one sound. Mm -hmm. And it's truly one sound with all these people. And a horse experience, it's the same. It's like, huh. you're like Pegasus, you know, like their legs are my legs. And I all of a sudden am like this amazing superhero where yeah. I get to like 
runs so fast and you know everything in our sport is about accentuating the horse's genius it's not like let me show you what i made the horse do it's very different from most equine sports oh, i love that and i think that you know that's just i'd be like maybe you just keep going mm-hmm. you know it's gonna suck sometimes it's gonna be great sometimes and just you know it is what it is and yeah, I, I don't have a really good answer, I guess. No, but I, I, I read between the lines into some of that, and hopefully other people are picking this up as well. I, I, that's not to change anything in the past. What we went through made us who we are, all the things that are going through and through. But, you know, when you're talking about being brave and, and, and knowing your worth and, and really of the words that you're speaking, that, that's something that we can't go back and change, but we can change it today. Everybody who's watching or listening to this can take those into consideration and say, yeah, you know, my words are worth something and I need to be brave and make sure that I'm doing these things and pay attention, be in the moment. We can all do that right now and we can reflect our current situation and our future with that mentality. And that's why I like that question. I really, really think it's great advice for everybody now. Obviously it would have been great if we could go back, but we can't. So I, I just, but I think that's really, really applicable stuff. There's no doubt all the way through and through. And, and for me, um, it's really just the attainable information that we can use today. The actions that we take today are going to have reflection and ripple effects into eternity through our lives, but not just through us, but through, you know, our siblings and our, and our, our parents and, and our children and grandchildren and, and anybody in the communities that go through. So I think that this is really, really great stuff. Not to go too deep on everybody that way, but I, I, it's important for us to hear. It's important for us to have these real conversations and not just the, the superficial ones that a lot happens out there. I'm not calling anybody out. But um, So I do want to shift gears, and this is actually one of the absolute favorites when it comes to the show. Uh, besides the uh, you know taking and taking a look at your business and growth, it's how you're feeding your mind because everybody wants to learn from the Titans. Everybody wants to grow their minds very similar to how you're doing it, or at least try so Sarah, if you could, uh, you know, kind of share whatever you're comfortable with as far as how you're feeding your mind, uh, books you're reading or read, podcasts you're listening to, influencers or coaches, um, if it's conferences, masterminds, how are you feeding your mind? Uh, well, I love the Tiger King. <laughs> oh my gosh. Netflix. There we go. There's a plug for Netflix. I don't know if I want to put that in the comments down below. <laughs> Watch the Tiger King. That's that's this deep conversation. That's where it ended up. I love it. I love it. You know, I I was talking with a coaching client about this this show this morning and about how it's an unlikely tragedy. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a classic tragedy, right? You love the villain. He's constantly making the worst decisions. It's like (laughs) like literally like a Shakespearean tragedy. Right. And I think the first thing that we forget about in this realm of self-improvement, you know, we're all obsessed. You know, I've, I've been somebody, I love reading books. I'm like a mm-hmm. super nerd because I've been oh, trained. Read books is part of your competitive strategy to like mm-hmm. please tank, essentially. You know, you get 100%, right? If you're like, I read all these books, I'm so smart. What we forget is that the fine arts are the most important things to feed our mind. Okay. Um, truly, there is nothing greater at expanding your mind than really incredible classics, like hmm. classical music, like listening to a symphony. You're accessing different parts of your brain hmm. than you normally do. So that's that's number one. And I know, like, Tiger King, it's kind of a joke, but kind of not, because it's sure. it's a masterpiece of like a tragic story you have this hero and his heroic journey is it's 
absolutely like an he's the archetypal tragic hero right and i love things that are like there's no there's no wonder to me that that caught on right now mm-hmm. um but to be more serious about yes. stuff, I mean, yes yes watch tiger king and think about it from an intellectual <laughs> level and blah 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 but um oh, the God. most one of the most significant things i learned about was uh, the science of neuroplasticity Okay. And, you know, we've heard a lot about like those, you know, the neuroplasticity games that have since been debunked and they don't actually work, but there is proven science that your brain is able to expand, like actually expand your neural pathways will grow new pathways. Hmm. You'll coat like new myelin sheaths and you'll get these new things going on in your brain that actually make you smarter as time goes on. Wow. And in order to do that, you must challenge yourself in new novel ways. Hmm. So my most significant, most important focus in a day is what's something new I can do? What's a new skill that I can develop? And what's something I can do that I suck at? And we forget this. I think Mm -hmm. we're in this world where we become, you know, like, like you said, you know, with um, great humility, you know, I'll I'll let you call me a Titan, but um, it's so, it's so weird. Um, (laughs) But we think once we're up on this pedestal, that's, where we're like at our best it's actually where we're at our most fragile interesting we're at our most volatile weakest point when we think we've made it so the best achievers once you make it in one area and you start to kind of you know become that eagle or you start to kind of gain mastery of something Hmm. you must intentionally seek out things where you're going to go into an arena and you're going to be a beginner wow love it that's what i do with horses all the time i mean i didn't grow up on a ranch i grew up in the city I'm competing against people who spent their life on horseback Mm -hmm. and for me to crack that code like how do I go into this how do I learn how to like be a really good horse person how do I get feel you know that moment I love snowboarding sure my husband is a ridiculously good athlete he's one of those like freaks that's just good at everything he does like literally without trying like he's also (laughs) really cool so he's just like he's you know, like he, he'll just look like he's not even like exerting an effort, but will like just crush it at some new sport that he's never like. It's he's it's awesome. It's all like, it's all really mental game. He's mm-hmm. he gets tired like anyone. He just doesn't process it the same as most people. He's like a freak of nature. Sure, and, <laughs> in a good way, in the best of ways, in, in an amazing way, obviously. Yeah. And yeah. um, he's so cool. And just doing things like that, like going snowboarding and going powder skiing, and you know, stuff that isn't like a supernatural thing for me, just being brave in multiple areas. Wow, that's um, great. I love books. I could read books till the cows come home. I love like right now I'm like this in my Bible. Okay. Those, these are like biblical times. Right. You know, I, I pick up like, you know, books on, you know, habits or high achievement. I'm like, this is embarrassing. I shouldn't be reading this right now. Like oh. it just doesn't feel right in like yeah. this time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a podcast and I've actually put it on hold for just a couple of weeks. Well, okay. because I'm not I'm like now a person where I'm like, okay, I need to be like in this right now. Sure. I can't, you know, it's, it's just, just being a weird thing, but it's the, the baddest moment of real estate. I love horse podcasts. Okay. I'm obsessed, obsessed with horse podcasts. Just ones about cow horse. Um, there's one called cow horse full contact. Okay. I was going to ask you for a few of them for sure. Yeah, so. it's called full contact. It's my most favorite podcast in the world. It is okay. some episodes will be two and a half hours long. Get out of here. And I can't wait to listen. Cause it's the, the originals. 
like mm. the OGs. Like yeah. imagine an interviewing like Dave Linegar. Sure. I want to hear Dave Linegar's story for two and a half hours. Oh, all day. I mean, you, know, you know what I mean? I'm not like, don't just ask him a question. Like, and they, like, kind of like what you're doing, you know, if there's like a nugget that they really like that one of these like founders, like the godfathers will drop, mm -hmm. then they're like, oh, tell us more. Tell us more. Like these tough old school cowboys, like hiring sports psychologists at professional sports teams. Hmm. And you're like, like, they, you think they wouldn't like admit to that because of these tough cowboys? <laughs> it's amazing oh, listening to just how they work. And right. if, you, if you want to become like a really good, strong, epic real estate agent, mm. go hang out with horse trainers. Go hang okay. out with people who are professional athletes. In, mm. in just any athlete, like you think that you work hard. Yeah, you don't. You suck. Sure. Like really, you know, like they, they start every morning. My horse trainer, one of them, they call him Iceman because he's like literally like the most consistent human being I've ever met in my whole life. Oh, I love it. And he wakes up same time every day. His horses are fed the same time every day. He like harrows the arena every single same time every day. Hmm. Works all the horses, sometimes two or three times if they're really young. Hmm. And when he works them, complete emotional neutral. Wow. It is a phenomenal thing to watch. Like just being mm -hmm. around them, I'm like, because you think of real estate agents, they're usually so emotional. And a lot of mm -hmm. horse people are really emotional and it, they never win. But he mm -hmm. consistently churns out these winners over and over and over again because he's just so consistent and so good at uh, what he does, right? Yeah. So you learn all these lessons from other places. And um, there's so many things that you can learn if you look outside of our little bubble mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff that you can learn you know i i picked out i know you were going to ask this so i picked out like three of the books that i'm reading. Uh, only reading like 12 books at once like literally i never only read one book i think i have like 16 on my just on my phone but i'm, I'm like i just like reading tidbits so um, i love that i'll show you because you probably can't read them this one mental toughness okay it's a good one right now and Very i got cool. great for the end and this one, this is a book that helped me a lot. Um, he wrote this book and mindfulness for beginners. Wow. Okay. John Kabat-Zinn. And for anybody who hears about mindfulness and maybe you're not like into paying the 1599, whatever it is for the um, Headspace app right now, mm -hmm. I'm like the, the very most frugal person you'll ever meet. So I'm like 1599, sure. that's too expensive. How dare they? <laughs> like literally it's worth but th this book is amazing. Mindfulness for beginners is amazing. It'll just, it, cool. they're like two page lessons. You, you mm -hmm. don't have, and it's like, you don't go into it being like, oh, I suck at this. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, it is this. This is nothing to win. Um, wow. And then rework this book. Uh, I always pull the covers off on hardcovers, so I don't, I don't even know what the cover looks like anymore, but. Yeah, I do the same thing. It's funny. I, I just don't, I don't like the way it feels. It kind of, I don't know, it cheapens it for me. I just don't want to wreck it. And yeah. then I lose them, so I don't know what that is. <laughs> Anyways, those are just a couple examples of, of books that I are kind of applicable to right now. Right. Um, but I think it's just the biggest thing I think I could say that probably is different for most people because, you mm. know, there's so many podcasts that you can listen to. But oh, yeah. the biggest thing for me is find something you're passionate about and mm. focus on becoming really, really good at it, especially when you suck at it, especially when you have to go out in public and potentially really embarrass yourself at it because you're right. you're just going to become better at everything in life that phone call you're afraid of making is not that hard when you're like staring down a cow down the fence both going you know 
30 miles an hour. Right. And if one of you makes a wrong move, you will flip over and die. Um, and you'll do it in front of all of your friends and all the people you respect. Mm -hmm. And God forbid, even worse, your hat would come off. So, um, you know, you just, you just try. Wow. <laughs> put yourself in situations where you're not comfortable. Mm -hmm. It's not dangerous, but, you know, like do stuff that's hard. Right. Don't just think because you got good at selling real estate. That's all there is to life. Like it, mm -mm. you just get so much better at everything with the harder stuff that you force yourself to do. I agree. And you're just scratching the surface when you're just putting yourself into one particular bucket or box. And um, I know that ad is just thrown around quite a bit, but you know, get uncomfortable with, or get comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? And nothing grows in comfort zones and, th and that gets thrown around, but there's so much truth to it. You can't grow. If you're doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, you're not going to get there. You have to try new things. Um, and I love the fact that we're talking about uh, neuroplasticity all the way to Tiger King. I mean, we're looking at it from, from the point of the diversity and in, 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 uh, your thought process. You should be learning and firing different parts of your brain and thought process. And, and again, di different music. You had mentioned, I mean, I, all this is so true. One thing is constantly learning, constantly pushing yourself out of those comfort zones and, and learning from as many sources as possible to make you the best person possible. And, and, and again, not just sticking to one way of doing it. Um, and hearing other people out. And there's so many great podcasts, there's so many great YouTube videos, and there's so many great books. And But at the end of the day, there, there's a lot of information that's out there, but you got to apply it. You got to put the work in. You got to really commit to these things. And it's going back to your earlier comments of focus and you know, really picking that one thing and moving forward, mastering it. Pick another thing, move forward, master it. I, I love that commonality through your entire episode here, Sarah. I just think it's so beautiful. And um, I know that there's so many different takeaways that everybody really able to use and implement through their lives with their entrepreneurs or real estate professionals. I mean, this has just been chock full of amazing stuff. And just so everybody out there knows, as always, I have comments um, in the comments down below. I'll have links, everything so you can follow along, connect with Sarah, really engage, but then also learn very similar to the way um, that she has, or at least try to. But uh, Sarah, this has been an absolute pleasure and an honor. I want to finish everything else up with a final question. And this one ends up being the quote or mantra. It might sum you up as a person, as a professional. What's that look like for you? You know, I, I thought about this. I bookmarked like seven different things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the biggest mantra that I have is actually just shutting up. <laughs> like, really. Yeah. I think if there's anything that guides me more than anything it's not a little phrase or a little something it's mm. what the words that fill in the empty space you know the things that float up from my heart from god whatever you want to call it um it's truly that practice of just being quiet mm -hmm. and you know it, it's the those are the, the things that have changed my life every time you know, the, the moments where I've heard, no, no, your blessing doesn't come from this person. Um, your, you know, be brave mom, like all the, just those little things mm -hmm. that, that I think is more powerful than any one, you know, cheesy tagline I can give you. It's yeah. really, I think we're in a world where when we don't know what to think or we don't know how to feel, hmm. we look outside of ourselves. You know, we look outside for leadership. We look outside for a phrase to paint on our wall or mm -hmm. a meme to share on our Instagram. And I think while there's so much wisdom that's out there, mm -hmm. 
the biggest wisdom really will come from your own heart. Wow. And yeah, yeah so I think the you know, the thing that guides me more than anything is just that, you know, they call it the still small voice. It's that thing that I don't, I don't create it. I don't come up with it. Um, but especially in, in the hardest of times, which we're in right now, mm-hmm. um, it's already there. You, you don't need a, a phrase, you know, you don't need a tattoo. You need well just said. to be quiet. I mean, in those, uh, the still small moments, I mean, listening, that's, that's perfect. And everybody should be really reflecting on that thought process in, in any time frame, whether we're dealing with what we're dealing with now or when this all passes. Uh, I think the, the amount of reflection that can be had and the wisdom that's gained from those situations are, are extremely valuable. Uh, it's difficult for a lot of professionals, especially the top tier, to really have those still moments because it's nonstop. But that's where the real magic does happen. And uh, I think that's great advice. And, and that, that sums you up beautifully all the way through, Sarah. I mean, when you're looking at it from that standpoint, just the reflection points and everything you've been mentioning, I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. And uh, again, I can't thank you enough. Uh, I, I know that your humility won't let me say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. You are an official real estate titan, Sarah. So it, it's dubbed, it's done. Whether you like it or not, it's there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, just, I can't thank you enough. It, it's been an honor and a pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's great. For to sure. Be. For sure. And everybody out there, um, thank you as well for your time and attention, your love and support. Um, If you like what we're doing here with Real Estate Titans, please don't forget to like everything, comment. You know what to do at this point. Um, I do want to give our sponsor a shout out, Linebolt Media. So if you're looking to grow and scale your business digitally and really expand what you're doing as a real estate professional, go to lineboltmedia.com for more information. Uh, We are live every Tuesday and every Friday afternoon with a different Titan, a different location. We'll catch everybody in the next live episode of Real Estate Titans. Take care. See ya, Sarah. See ya.